right, guys. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the FFL Skies the Limit Call. My name is Stephen Yee. I am your host and trainer today. Uh, the topic of discussion today is going to be understanding final expense 101. Um, after I wrote my notes down, I think it's going to be probably understanding final expense 101, 201, 301 for those of you that took college. It's going to be pretty thorough. So um, we're going to dive right into it right now. For those of you that have questions, just drop it in the Q&A or the chat box in a little bit. But um, the reason why final expense is, is such a good thing to do, right? Um, because the data is unlimited. So I, I want you guys to understand this. Number one, 10,000 people turn age 65 every single day, right? The baby boomer generation and all that. So they're always going to be needing life insurance. For those of you that have sold final expense, many of you guys have gone to a home where they have two, three, four, five policies for the same type of life insurance. These type of clients love buying final expense insurance. It's just the way it is. And it's not that they don't like you, so they don't buy more. It's just that they always see something on TV, read the news, whatever it may be, that triggers them and go, I'm going to go get more, right? So for me, the final expense insurance um, market is always big, right? A lot of people jump into our industry and they go, I want to run mortgage only. Well, mortgage depends on two things that you can't control. It depends on people buying homes and refinancing. So if rates are horrible, nobody's going to do that. If the inventory is not out there, nobody's going to do that, right? Um, if housing is through the roof, not, pe not many people are going to be able to buy. So your data, your business for you is controlled by something that is an outside factor, right? Compared to final expense, people turn, like I said, 10,000 people turn the age of 65 every single day. So we have that data, uh, luckily for us. And there's literally companies out there that strictly sell to the senior market. There's tens and hundreds of them, right? So we're literally in that market. The beauty of it, though, is a lot of those companies that do compete in that market sell one product, right? They are the insurance company. They are the IMO. So that's not a good thing for our clients because it's literally a one-size-fits-all for that client, right? And I'm going to dive deep into that later, but... For us, the beauty of working at Family First Life is we have 10, 15, 20 different carriers, especially for final expense, that if one company doesn't take that client, we can literally put them in another product that would, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a background on how this all works. When seniors think about dying, they go one of three ways usually, right? Uh, my mom was a blend of two of these three. So I'm gonna be able to share this with you. My mom recently passed about two months ago. Um, but there's something called pre-need. There's something called funeral homes, mortuary homes, right? And then there's something called final expense. So the funeral mortuary home means a client walks into the funeral home and goes, hey, I know I'm going to die. I'm going to pre-purchase a plot and possibly the services, right? So in my mom's situation, what she did was she went to Rose Hills. She bought the plot. She had paid a monthly payment every month for like five, six years, whatever it was, right? Now, here's the thing that sucks about going to a funeral home or mortuary. There's going to possibly be a balance. So what do I mean by that? Let's say my mom, this didn't happen, but let's just say it did. Let's say she had bought the plot six months prior to her passing away, right? And the plot is 15 grand and she makes... $100 a payment every single month to, to this funeral home, mortuary home. Well, she paid 600 bucks toward a $15,000 balance. When she passes away, guess who gets a $14,000 bill? Me, 
that bill rolls over directly to the family or they don't bury her. It's really that simple, right? It's kind of like buying property. It's kind of like buying a house, buying land. You have to purchase that land and you got to make payments until you own it, right? Now, here's the other thing I'll tell you about this funeral home mortuary scenario. The services were not included. How do I know that? Because although the plot was purchased and it was paid in full, I still had to come out of pocket 14 grand to pay for the funeral, right? So why am I saying this? This is expensive. That's expensive for a lot of people, especially for people that are, you know, the, the middle-class Americans, the lower-income Americans. They don't have 20, 25 grand laying around. This is one of the most expensive ways to quote-unquote bury someone. Does that make sense? So the, so the, the, um, the funeral home and, and the mortuary way, that's one of the three ways people do it. It's the most expensive way to do it, right? Uh, and so our job, our goal is to get people in a more cost-efficient way, which I'll share with you right after this. The second way is something called pre-need, right? And when you're a brand new agent, you don't understand what it means. I didn't understand what it meant until I actually saw a policy, right? But pre-need is, um, is very, very slimy. That's a good way for me to say it. Pre-need is basically an agent for the funeral or the, uh, the funeral or the mortuary. They write a life insurance policy on the client that's coming into the funeral mortuary. And the beneficiary is the funeral home and the mortuary. So they're doing identical to what we would do. However, the beneficiary isn't their family. It is them. So let's pretend the funeral costs 18 grand. Mary had a policy for 25. So guess what they get to do? They get to upsell the flowers. They get to upsell the tombstone. They get to upsell the casket. They get to do all those things because they're the beneficiary and they get to burn through the money, right? That's pre-need. A lot of times in pre-need, I had a client one time in Fontana. She had a pre-need policy and it was awful. She had a, her, her annual premium was a thousand bucks and she paid it for 10 years. Simple math, that's 10 grand, right? Her benefits was 5,900. Think about that. She paid 10 years, $1,000 a month for 10 grand. Her benefit was $5,900. So why is that a bad thing? Because I met her in year six. She had basically already prepaid up to the dollar amount of the death benefit. But if she canceled the policy, she would have nothing. She had to continue paying, right? That's the part that sucks. And so a lot of people go, well, I can save the money. Well, if you did save the money, right? Let's say you put $100 away a, a month in, in the savings account and you passed away. What if you passed away in month six? So at the end of the day, all, all roads lead back to final expense. Let me tell you why final expense is a good idea. So for us, we have a lot of insurance companies that take the risk for these seniors. So if they die prematurely, right? The client actually wins in many cases. So let me share with you why, what I mean by that. Same scenario, let's just use, use my mom, right? So let's say she buys a $25,000 policy. She makes premium payments for $100 a month for two years. That's 2,400 bucks. She passes away outside of contestability. She paid $2,400. The insurance companies check, cut me a check for $25,000. Now, what happens to the difference in the $22,000 or whatever it may be? Nothing. The family doesn't owe the money. The insurance company is not going to ask the family for the money. Why? Because it's an insurance policy. That's what happens, right? And so when you look at it that route, who really won? 
the, the client one, right? Now, let's just say that the client lives because in final expense, you don't know, you can't time someone's death, which is another reason why you don't write term, right? But let's just say you, you, you do, you know, the client does live 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Guess what? They're, they're insured the whole time. That's the beauty of this business. And, and they have cash value that they can pull from, right? So in my opinion, out of the three ways that most people do it, the final expense route through the life insurance company, through what we offer is hands down by far the best thing. And if you can't educate your clients on that, they won't know. They're literally thinking price, price, price. They're shopping on price. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is how are seniors, uh, because they know final expense is a phenomenal product, but how the, the question now becomes, how do they get it? Right. So let's just say they don't fill out a form in the mail and send it back to us. Let's say they don't go on the Internet and, and fill out a form. Guess what? There's hundreds and hundreds of insurance companies out there that target seniors. Right. And what they do is they send a mail they send them a letter in the mail and go, hey, get 10 grand for this dollar amount or 20 grand for this dollar amount. Just sign here. You're approved. So our seniors like the convenience and they buy that crap. However, if you ever have a client that's bought anything over the mail, for sure, I bet my money on it. It falls in one of these three categories. Number one, it's a graded whole life policy, meaning that the death benefit isn't fully attached immediately. Okay. Number two, it's a renewable term every five years. And what happens is that at age 80, the policy expires and they don't have no more coverage. So if they live to 81 and passed away, their family gets nothing. It's crap. Right. And then the third thing that they buy in the mail is accidental death. And they think it's life insurance, but it's not. Right. So why am I telling you this? When you sit down with your clients and they have a policy, you got to ask them, how do they attain it? Right. Hey, Mary, um, do you have anything that acts like life insurance? I have life insurance. Oh, awesome. Good for you. Where did you get it from? I bought it in the mail. Click. It's either going to be graded. It's a renewable term or it's an accidental death. You have to know these things. Right. And so the other thing I'll share with you guys about this is, number one, the graded whole life. A lot of times we beat it and we put them in level day one coverage and it's and it's it's an easy win for us. The tough one for most brand new agents is the second one. It's the five-year renewable term that expires at age 80. Number one, the client doesn't know it's a five-year renewable term. So no matter what, that price at age 50 is cheaper than your whole life price at age 50. Why? Whole life is the most expensive insurance. It's whole life, universal, and then term. Term is the cheapest amount of insurance that you can get for, or for a certain period of time, right? However, what the clients don't know is that price goes up every five years. So yes, it might be $50 a month right now, and my policy might be $67 a month right now. But in five years, that $50 jumps to 65. Five years after that, it jumps to 85. Five years after that, it jumps to 105. While ours stays at 67 the whole time. See, if you don't know these things, you go, ah, can't compete with that company. We just, I just lost a client. No, it's crap. You have to know. And, and see, I can't name drop these companies that do it, but your managers know. So call, if, you, if you're wondering like, man, which companies do these things, ask your manager, they'll give you a list of them. It's actually very simple. Matter of fact, when I see those companies, my eyes light up because light up, I know if I do the proper education with my clients, I'll be able to put them in a better policy and it's beneficial for them and it's beneficial for us. Right. So um, what I want to what I want you guys to understand, too, 
is in final expense, there's three types of policies. There's a level product means there's day one coverage, right? There's a, there's a modified product, which is not necessarily graded, for example. Um, it, it means that the death benefit is tiered, and I'll share with you what that means in a little bit. And then the third thing means graded. Graded for me is basically you die, we give you all your money back plus interest rate, right? So level is the best thing to put your products in your clients, in, no matter what. So like if I sit down with a client and, for example, they bought it in the mail and they have a graded product, for sure, 100%, I'm doing everything I can to put them in a level product. Why? Because they don't have to wait two years for the policy to be in effect. Does that make sense? That graded policy, if they died in the first two years, they might not get their, they might not get a full death benefit unless it was an accident, right? But for a level product, like I said, they might be able to make a premium payment, two, five premium payments, pass away, and then get a full-blown coverage of a death benefit. That's amazing. So like, I don't replace policies because I'm trying to save the client money. I'm trying to put the client from graded to level or modified to level. That makes sense. Okay. Modified. A lot of people don't understand this. They, they label it as graded, but it's not. My mom had a, had a modified policy with prosperity. So what that means is their health isn't necessarily the best and it's not absolutely the worst that requires them to go graded, right? So for example, my mom had a three-year graded policy with prosperity where the death benefit looked like this. In year one, if she passed away, it was only going to be 30% of the death benefit. So if she bought a $30,000 policy, it was only gonna be $10,000, right? If she passed away in year two, she was gonna get 70% of the death benefit. So $30,000 policy, $22,000 death benefit. If she made it to year three, it'd be full-blown 100%. Now you're going, why is that better than graded? Because here's why. If she made $100 a month for two years, that's $2,400. 10% interest on that, she made 240 bucks. I get a check when she passes away for 2,500 bucks. Or if she's in a three-year modified product and she died in year two, which she did, that check from Prosperity was 22,000 bucks. Almost 10 times more. Does that make sense? So like, it, yes, the death benefit isn't fully loaded into year, until year three. Modified is still better than graded. And if you understand that, you would put your clients in that. I mean, obviously level first, but modify is a great backup. And then the third thing is graded, right? Which is sad because a lot of carriers that we work with require clients to get approved for graded. Um, a lot of companies out there do that. With us, we have a carrier called AIG, in my opinion, is the best graded product in the business. Um, it's guaranteed issue, which also means they don't ask any questions, right? So for example, um, if someone has, you know, if someone's on dialysis, if someone has um, cancer actively currently, they can get an insurance policy. So let's say that cancer is starting to become in remission. Most insurance companies won't touch them because they haven't been clear for two years. With AIG, we can start their date right now because by the time they're done, they're about one year in. You only got to wait one more year to, for that death benefit to be fully in effect. You see what I mean? So um, that's a great product. I want you guys to know out there that there are horrible companies out there that um, put you on graded or modified just for stupid reasons. Like there's a carrier out there that if you're healthy, healthy meaning you take no meds but you're 65 years old automatically you're graded and that's horrible right those are the policies once again that when i get into the house my eyes light up why because i know the client doesn't know that and if we put them in a level product the client wins and we win like sean says all the time sean micro president ceo it has to be good for the client 
has to be good for the agent and it can't hurt the company, right? And that's what we're doing with these final expense policies. So um, one of the things I will share with you guys, and I see a lot of new agents struggle with this. They go, man, you know, when, when the client qualifies only for AIG, they don't want it. And I'm like, well, it's because it's probably the way you lay the product out. Because most brand new agents go like this for AIG. Well, Mary, if you died in the first two years, you get nothing. Well, duh, why would they want to pay for something for two years and get nothing according to what you're saying, right? This is how I sell AIG. So when I have a client that requires guaranteed issue, I get them almost every time, like 90% of the time. I can't say for sure it's 100, but I get them pretty, pretty much almost always. And this is how I lay it out. I go, Mary, <clears throat> it's real simple. Due to your medical conditions and what you have, most people in America will not insure you. Matter of fact, they won't touch you with the 10-foot pole. But luckily, I work with 20 of them, and we can get you something, okay? Now, the beauty of life insurance is in America, there's something called a contestability period, and it's two years. Every insurance company has it. My insurances have it. Your insurances have it. My wife, everybody in America that has a life insurance policy has a two-year contestability period, meaning if something were to happen in those two years, the life insurance company has the right to investigate and not pay if something was off with the application. Fair? And she goes, fair. I'm like, the reason why I like AIG is because in this situation, they're letting you know right up the front that, hey, if something did happen in the first two years, we're not necessarily going to, we're not necessarily not going to pay. We're just going to give you your money back plus 10% interest, which is more than any bank in America would. So you're thinking about saving the money. You're not going to be able to save the money at 10% interest compared to what AIG is going to pay you, okay? Now, if you make it to two years in one day, death benefit is fully intact and you're good to go. That sounds way better than, hey, if you die in the first few years, you get nothing. You know what I mean? Word tracks. So this is recorded, I believe it is. All right, cool. So if you wanted to see how I said that, just rewind it on the recording, all right? Um, that's how I pitched AIG every time. Matter of fact, people that hey, my AIG is the lowest canceled business out there because they can't get nothing else. They go try to beat it everywhere else and they can't because AIG can literally take them. Matter of fact, like AIG's guaranteed issue rates are better than almost everybody that I know's graded rates. Like sometimes it competes with level rates, which is mind blowing, but it's just that good. So, you know, if you have a client that, that has to be put in that situation, you have to know how to say and put them in that proper situation, all right? So next thing I'm gonna talk about um, when it comes to final expense, uh, whether you run face-to-face -face or virtual, it doesn't matter. This is gonna to happen to you right here. Your clients aren't gonna remember what kind of policies they have. They don't, right? If, if I wasn't in life insurance, I wouldn't know what my mom had, just being honest with you, because I wrote it. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't know. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. Like my mom had investment accounts and I, I had to call like five different companies. Go, hey, did my mom have a policy with you? Does she have an account with you. Right. So why am I telling you this? A lot of people don't know what they have. Now, here's how I'm going to teach you to find out what they have. OK, if it's Monday through Friday between business hours, eight to five, call the carrier. Call the carrier and ask. So let's pretend. So let's just pretend I'm sitting down with Brandon and Brandon has, he goes, I pay for something. I just don't know what I have. Or, or let's just say he goes, yeah, I have that mutual of things, right? Cool. I can put two and two together. I'll call and I go, hey, Brandon, what we're going to do is because you don't know where the policy is, I'm going to get you a new one. All right. And they do it for free. So don't worry about it. I'm not going, hey, Brandon, I'm going to call the carrier, find out what crappy insurance coverage you have so I can replace it. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm on Brandon's side. It's Brandon and I versus the insurance company right now. 
So I go, hey, Brandon, because you don't have the policy, we'll have, we'll have them send you a new one so you can put it in a better place, like in your safe or something. Or matter of fact, give it to your kids because they're the ones that need to know where it is when you die. All right, one second. Hey, hey, Mitchell of Omaha, my name is Stephen Yee. I'm actually sending out one of your clients. We don't have the policy number because we can't find it. His name is bleep. His date of birth is bleep. His social is bleep. The rep on the other side has to take that call, number one, as much as they don't want to. And then what they're going to say is, hey, hey, Mr. Kitchings, do you allow us to speak to Stephen on your behalf? And I was like, yes, the phone is on speaker so the both of us can hear. I never do that call with the phone in my ear. I do that call on speaker so all of us can hear. Okay. The first thing I'm going to say to that rep is, hey, rep, um, Mr. Kitchings does not know where his policy is. He probably misplaced it when he moved or it's been a while since he's had it. So can you do me a favor and send a new one to the current address that you have listed? What's the address? Whatever. One, two, three, four Main Street in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know. Right. And then they're going to be like, all right, cool. We're going to send one on the way. And then I'm going to go, hey, since I have you on the line and, and Mr. You know, Mr. Kitchings doesn't know what he has. Um, can you can you tell me? Does he have a, a term product, a whole life product? What, what kind of product does he have? Right. And if they're going to give you some product name, I go, OK, is that is that living promise a whole life product or is it a term product? I'm digging, man. I'm getting the answer. Oh, it's a whole life product. Got it. I write down the notes. OK, what what what's the face amount? What's the death benefit on that product? It's 10,000. Mr. Kitchens, you told me it was 25. See what I mean? Like I, I'm playing with them the whole time. How much is the premium payment? It's $115 a month. Mr. Kitchens, you told me it was only $65 a month for $25,000, right? I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. And then I hang up, right? Now, from the carrier, they gave me the details of his policy, and he didn't even know them. See, some of y'all believe your clients. That's horrible. You shouldn't do that because they're liars. As a matter of fact, they don't know. They bought the insurance policy and put it away. So like 90% of the time when I sit down with clients and they think they have something, they actually don't have that thing, right? They go, I have 25 grand for 65 bucks. You call the company. It's like, no, they have 10 grand for 115. If you didn't know that you're trying to beat 25 grand for 65 bucks, you're not going to beat it. You're not. Does that make sense? And so here's the other thing. When you call those companies and they tell you it's a term, your eyes should light up. Because if it's whole life, it's a good policy. It's actually a decent policy, right? But what happens is if they, if they have a term, I'm going to grill that, ag that agent, the carrier rep with my client. Oh, they have a term? Yeah. And then what they do is they say stupid stuff like, yeah, they're actually covered until age 100. If they can pay the premium though, right, carrier rep? Because the premiums go up every five years, correct? See how I did that with the client on the line, right? When's the next policy increase? What's the premium right now? It's $50 a month. When does it go up next? It goes up next in three months. What does it go up to? $67 a month. Mr. Kitchens, did you hear that? The policy is going to go up next month. After that, when's it going up again? Well, it's going to go up another five years from now. It's going to go up again. To, to what price? They know. $87. Mr. Kitchens, are you going to be able to afford that? Right? I'm doing this in front of my clients so they know that the policy that they have is horrible because when i get them in the product that's going to be more than what they pay but it's level forever i win and they win does that make sense here's the thing that you got to understand seniors are on a fixed income meaning their bills do not change right 
The only thing that, and here's the thing, because their bills don't change, their life insurance policy shouldn't change either. And that's why when you have agents that put them in these types of products, it's a really bad thing for them. So like many people wouldn't want you to know what they have, which is the reason why you gotta get very creative and you gotta be on their side to make sure that they're in the right place. Now, here's the thing. If a client told me what they have and actually matches up with a carrier, it's like one in 10, then I congratulate them for having insurance. And I say, hey, I think you need a little bit more though. Because 5,000 is not enough. At that point, I can figure out what I want to do. But most of the time, 90% of the time, when I'm sitting out with final expense clients, they do not have what they think they have. And, and same thing with you guys. So I want you guys to know that in advance. Um, a lot of clients say stuff like, you know, I have insurance. I just don't know who it's with. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I pay somebody. Right? What's the best thing you can do if you don't know? Because you're going to start. Because in the beginning, this is what I did. Right? You know, I sat down with Mary and I'm like, hey, Mary, do you have any life insurance? She's like, yeah, I have 10 grand. Cool. Who's it with? I don't know. Right. You know what I did? I started rambling company names. Americo, Mutual, Aetna, Prosperity, da-da-da, so-and-so. She's like, I don't know. It all sounds the same. So you don't know, right? You want to know how you know? This is what I learned. This is a vet move. This is a 1% trick, by the way. It's a 1% tip. I'm sorry. When you do know, this is how you find out. You go, hey, Mary. You don't know who you pay your insurance company, uh, who you pay your premiums to? She goes, no, I don't. Perfect. This is what we're going to do. Pull out your bank statement. She's like, why? I'm like, well, if you pay someone every month, it should show up on your bill or your statement, right? She's like, oh, yeah. And for those of you guys who are on the call, you're like, dude, I never even thought about that, right? So like, for example, most like it, it, when, I, my, when I was paying my mom's premiums, it hit my bank statement every single month, right? So I knew who the carrier was because it told me. So if they don't know, ask them for a bank statement and it'll tell you, and then you can do the thing I just told you to do, all right? So I tell the clients all the time, I say, hey, the reason why it's very important for you to know where your policy is when you keep telling me you don't know where it is, is because there's billions and billions of unclaimed death benefits every single year. And what that means is the person bought the insurance, but they never told their loved ones that they had it. So their spouse, their significant other, their siblings, their children, they don't know that there's any insurance. So therefore, what we do is now we got to go do a GoFundMe or a car wash, right? And so you need to, like, there's no reason for you to buy the insurance policy and hold it yourself. You should actually buy it and give that insurance policy to your beneficiary so that when you pass, they physically have the copy. And they're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Why did nobody tell me? Because most, most agents are there just for the commission. That's why. This is the reason why I had a high retention rate when I was in final expense. My policy is almost never canceled. It's because I was going to go do the extra thing for them and put them in place and let them know, hey, which matter of fact, would you like a second policy? Because it's free. The company's going to pay it anyways, right? So what we'll do is we'll, we'll, give, we'll get one copy for you and one copy for Bob, your son. How's that sound? Oh, I would love that, Steve. Okay, great. Let's go do that. How hard is it to order a copy for the client? Not hard. You know what I mean? But these are the steps that you go through when you're selling final expense to, you know, retain retention, number one, but put your client in a good situation. All right. So, um, boom, boom, got that. Um, oh, this is what I will say. This is unpopular opinion, but I'm going to tell you, don't ever replace a policy to save a client $2. You know why? You restart their contestability period. I'm going to tell you a story is going to scare the heck out of you. And it should. So there was, a, there was an agent in FFL who beat another client's policy that they already had in place for two years. 
they beat it by three bucks or something stupid, so minimal, right? And they're like, oh, we won the client over. We saved the money. It's a win for us. It's a win for client. No, because the client has a restart contestability period again. That client died within contestability and did not get a death benefit. How are you going to sleep at night knowing that you did that? Right? So like when you know these things, you shouldn't do them. I'm just being honest. And even though, especially if it's outside of contestability and it's effective immediately, that if some, no matter what happened, that the client will, will get a death benefit to their family, don't replace that. Just tack on more coverage. Sean Mike's always been big on this. So I never, I, I stopped doing it. I used to do it, but I stopped doing it because I've heard horror stories and that's where your E&O insurance gets to kick in and you don't want that to happen. So you're not beating necessarily, you know, a policy for contestability for $2. Like if the client just got a policy a month and a half, two months ago, three months ago, sure, I'll beat it all day long. But if they have that policy for like 22 months, dude, I'm not touching it, dude. I'm going to add coverage if anything. All right. So um, another thing I want you to understand, this is very hard for a lot of our agents to understand. The clients that can't get anything want everything. It's the client that has cancer that wants $50 million for 22 bucks a month. And if you can't get it to them, they're not going to buy from you. You ever heard of these guys? Right. So this is the thing that I want you to understand. It's not what they want, it's what they can qualify for. It's the people that never can qualify for anything that want everything, that's how it always works. That's why when you have some, there, there's a reason why most of our AIG policies are like $200 plus. Why? Because they can't get nothing else. This is all they can get. So they want the max of what they can get, right? So why am I telling you this? A lot of times your clients, you know, buyers are liars. I love how Brandon keeps saying that. Buyers are liars. Y'all ever had clients go, yeah, I'm healthy. I only got a little bit of COPD, <laughs> right? I'm healthy. I only got a little bit of dialysis. <laughs> you don't have a little bit of that. You either have it or you don't, right? So like when you know that, you've got to be able to put them accordingly to that plan. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Sometimes it's not a bad idea to DNQ your clients. I do it all the time. You're like, dude, that's horrible. No, it's not. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to get them covered, right? And DNQ and declines don't mean the same thing. DNQ means does not qualify. Decline means they are completely declined. Um, so here's what I mean. Let's say Mary has CO. Mary has a little bit of COPD, right? And then what happens was I go, hey, Barry, what inhaler are you on? And she tells me Spiriva or something crazy like that, right? And then I go, I go on Spiriva and I'm like, it doesn't say dual usage. It doesn't say, you know, asthma and COPD. It just says chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, right? So for sure, that's a COPD inhaler. But she thinks she only got a little bit of COPD, right? So I go, Mary, the only insurance company that will take you that we work with, one of the two is Aetna. And the reason why they would take you is because of this inhaler that you currently have. Well, Steve, you know, I saw it on, I saw it on TV that I can get $9.99, you know, $9.99 per unit, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's, you're not going to get that, Mary. You're not going to get the stuff in the mail either. It's not going to work. And she's like, well, what do you mean? It's because Mary, those are assuming that people are healthy and you're not healthy. I'm healthy, Steve. I only got a little bit of COPD. Cool. You know what? Let's put you through one of our carriers in America. They actually let us know within like 20 seconds if you can get approved. One second. I open the America app. I put him in the pre-check, right? America runs a prescription check. Boom. Due to what we see in the prescription history, 
Client may only qualify for Eagle Premier Guaranteed for up to 10,000. Hey, Mary, this is one of our premier carriers and they won't take you. Would you like me to keep going? Okay, one second. Boom, next carrier, Prosperity, whoever. Hey, they, they won't take you either and they won't take you either. You know why? It's because of this inhaler that you have. The only company that will take you is Aetna and they will take you at this rate. It's up to you. See, sometimes when you do that, they go, oh my gosh. The client goes, oh my gosh, I can't get anything I want. You see what I mean? Like they think they can, but you got to remember, you're the doctor, they're the patient. You got to put them in their place, right? And you're the expert. You carry the life insurance license, not them. If they did, they would have sold it to themselves. You got to know that, right? So like I sometimes get them DNQ'd, which does not hurt them, by the way. It just lets the other insurance companies know that they can't qualify for that product, right? And they can't. Everybody knows everybody's underwriting guide. So now when I put them through Aetna, she gets approved, she keeps it. And then this is what I tell people. I'm like, hey, if you can beat it, Mary, beat it, right? It, it, I'm going to put you with Aetna today. But if you can beat it, call me. I'll come back and cancel the policy. And matter of fact, if you can beat it, what I'll do is I'll go join and work with that company too so I can provide that service for my other clients. See, like I'm taking it from their side. I'm not going, you don't know. You don't know nothing about the insurance industry. I work with all the companies. I know what our competitors are. I don't do that. I'm not getting defensive. I'm going, hey, if you can beat it, beat it. I'll come back and cancel the policy myself. And then matter of fact, I want to know who the carrier is so I can get appointed with them so I can sell to my other clients that have this little bit of COPD that you have. You know what I mean? So um that's how that's how i've done it and, and so when you take that route you know protecting protecting seniors is pretty simple so um another thing i want to dive into because we're almost done here veterans y'all ever sat down with veterans and go my burial is covered that's that's a that's not true and for those of you that don't know i'm going to send y'all i'm going to screen share my link so you can see it okay this is the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. This is the VA, okay? So like all the veterans know about this. But this is burial benefits, okay? And this right here says non-service related death. What does non-service related death mean? It means that they didn't die in battle or they didn't die in any of that stuff. So if you read this, it says VA will pay up to $796 toward burial and funeral expenses for deaths on or after October 1st, 2019, or $300 toward burial and funeral expenses at $795, uh, $796 plot and term allowance. So when you go, when these people go, you know, when our vets, I'm not these people, I'm so sorry. When our vets go, you know, hey, I get it for free. No, no you don't. They only pay just a little bit. And see, if you didn't know that, you couldn't share that. And so what I do is I just take this link and I go on the computer and I go, Hey, hey, Mr. Johnson, thank you for your service, but that's not true. Let me show you. Yeah, your, your plots didn't care, but your services still need to be paid for, opening, closing, all that stuff. And when I show them that, they go, oh, my gosh. Why, why didn't anybody tell me? Because they, they didn't. So someone asked me, what's the link? Go to Google and type in Department of Veteran Affairs Burial Benefits, and that'll, that'll be the direct link. This is the first one. Cool. So, um, as right, and, and someone just texted me, as long as it's not at a national cemetery, it's not fully taken care of. So I, I want y'all to understand that because 
And, and these guys literally put their lives on the line for us and our country. And, and I'm like so thankful for them, but they were misled in terms of this. Does that make sense? So um, next thing I want to talk about credit unions and banks. Y'all ever had a client go, I got my life insurance to Bank America. Dude, no bank or no credit union sells life insurance. They don't. They, they're a bank. They manage and hold your money, right? So why am I telling you this? They only sell accidental death only, or they send you to a third-party vendor that sells a graded whole life policy, okay? This is the reason why you need to know this. Because when a client goes, hey, I got, you know, I, I got my life insurance policy through, you know, so-and-so bank, Chase Bank. I got a hundred grand for, you know, 22 cents. And you're like, oh, I should go work for Chase. No, no, you shouldn't work for Chase. That is not a real life life insurance policy. And if you know that and you can pull it out here, I'll give you this too. Whenever you see a policy like that, you should always ask to look at it. Why? Because if it was really that good, they'd have one and they don't have one. It's called a statement of benefits. It's not a policy. Like a life insurance policy is like 100 pages, right? A statement of benefit is like two pages that says, hey, this is what you have. And it's a group life insurance policy. Or it's a, you know, accidental death only policy. Or it's a, you know, it's done through a third party company, you know, like blah, 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 life, right? Those aren't real. And if you don't know that and you can't share that with your clients, they won't believe you and you don't have the knowledge to properly protect them. Does that make sense? So, that's, that's about it for going through what they see, right? I'm going to share with you how we do it. Um, one of the things I'll, I'll share with you is, you know, know your stuff, right? Know how much cremation costs. Know how much a funeral costs. Know religions. Like there's certain religions out there that you're not allowed to get cremated. You have to be buried, like, you need to know these things. Why? Because if I sit down with them and I go, hey, aren't you blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, then you know you have to get buried, right? Yes. Okay. So that means you need to get a plan that's minimum 20, 25, 30,000. Can't get the $5,000 plan because it's against your religious beliefs. And for a lot of people, that's, that's, a big, that's a big deal, right? You need to know these things. Be a professional. Don't just know our products right? Knowing our products is awesome because then you know where to put people on, but you need to know your competitors' products. Like you need to know what they buy in the mail. You need to know what type of stuff they receive in the mail. And matter of fact, when you, when you, when you sit down with a client and they have that piece of mail, you should take a picture of it or you should ask to keep it because then you can show your other clients. Does that make sense? So for me, it's like, you got to be a professional. Don't, don't be an amateur agent. Don't be one of those guys that, you know, there's a lot of agents that, that sell life insurance, but they're a, they're a full-time nurse, but they sell life insurance. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Study and, and know your craft so you can properly protect your client and put them in the correct place, right? So um, one of the things I'll tell you, you know, know, know how much cremation costs, know how much burial costs. I already said that. Um, one of the things I'll share with you is how did I get extra premium in the home? So one of the things I say is, you know, let's say Mary chooses the, the policy because she, you know, she wants a standard basic burial. She gets something for 12 grand. And I go, hey, um, hey, Mary, so do your kids live, live by, live close by? And they go, no. I'm like, where, where do they live? Oh, they're in California. I'm in Arizona. Got it. Are they driving? If something were to happen, are they driving in or are they flying in? They fly in. Okay, cool. Is, is your daughter married? Yeah. And she has two kids. My grandkids are amazing. Awesome. There, there are four of them. Yeah. So if something were to happen to you, 
the quickest way for Stephanie to get out here, which she would fly here, correct? Yeah. So like how much do flights cost when you got to buy them on the spot? Why am I asking? Because, dude, Stephanie, you got to pay for it. And here's what I can tell you is Mary doesn't want Stephanie to pay for it. Mary wants to not be a burden. So I go, it's probably going to cost, I mean, for four people, 250 bucks a pop. I mean, on Southwest, probably a thousand bucks. I think you should tack that on just in case so that Mary does, or so Stephanie doesn't have to come up with that bill. Now, now does, does, does Stephanie have like a really good job? You know, she's doing okay. Um, okay. Does she, does she rent? Does she have a, does she own her house? Do you know, does she live in a good neighborhood or, or how's that like, you know, she, she, she's doing all right. She's a teacher. Okay, great. So like if, if, if she needed to take time off, would she be behind on her mortgage or her rent payment? She might. Well, in that case, Mary, I would add like another two to 3000. So she doesn't have to, you know, use her savings to, to bury you. And when she gets home after she buries you and she's grieving because she just lost her superhero, her mom, you don't want her to have a, you know, a 30 day late notice on a mortgage. Like what's her mortgage? 1700. I think you should tack that on as well. See, like I started doing those things because I stopped worrying about the people that was dying. And I started worrying about the people that were helping. And, and that's where I ended up getting extra premium. She was like, I never, I never thought about that. Why didn't nobody tell me about that? I was like, oh, that was the first thing I thought about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Jesse Handless said, talk about inflation. Yeah, inflation costs money too. A, a burial might cost 12 to 15 grand right now, but you know, if you die 10 years from now because you're super healthy, it might cost 18 to 20. So you got to supplement the difference. But these are the questions you have to ask. If you want to be a really good final expense agent, you want to be able to put clients in the best situation. These are the stuff, these are the things you got to ask, right? Um, and we have two more things left. Breaking down someone's budget. You know, I learned this from Will Lohr. Will Lord got like the most amazing premiums in every home that I've ever seen. And what I've always, I was always like, how did you close that person, <laughs> you know, for that much premium or whatever it may be? And, and he was like, dude, I just break down their budget. So I'm going to share with you what he taught me and a lot of people that are on this call. He would say, hey, um, Mary, what's your monthly net income? What do you receive from Social Security, your pensions, all that stuff? I receive 1100 Got it. What's your mortgage payment? And he would literally just start deducting items. Oh, my mortgage payment, I pay, you know, $400 to live here. Okay, great. What is your car payment? I don't have a car. What's your phone? It costs, you know, 50 bucks. What do you pay for utilities? Oh, only 50 bucks. Do you have a gambling addiction? Do you need to gamble every single week? Um, do you have a smoking addiction? Do you, do you drink? Whatever it may be, right? And, and, and he's diving into every possible bill. And then what he does is he goes, okay, so all these things that you told me, are, are there any bills that I'm missing? And she goes, no. He goes, okay, cool. Will takes out a calculator. He goes, 1100 minus 400, minus 50, minus another 50, minus another 25. And he's like, so based on what you're telling me, your disposable income, what you have left is $300 a month. And they always say something like, well, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, because they're horrible at money. That's the reason why, right? So he goes, once they show them, once he shows them that he has $300 left over, dude, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to put them in a plan for 75 bucks, 100, 150, 200 bucks. Now I wouldn't put them in a plan for 300 bucks, but I give them some leftover, right? But I, I put them at a, for me, I probably put them at a like 125, 150. I think that's comfortable. And when you show that price option and they, so they, they say they can't afford it, that's not true. Why is it not true? Because you just broke down their budget. How's that possible? Does that make sense? So like, 
So what Will does is he goes, so, hey, Mary, one of two things. It's either the price is too high and you don't think there's enough value or you're, you lie to me about your finances early. Which one is it? You know what I mean? And when you come, become very direct with your clients, that's how you win them over. See, a lot of people bought insurance for me, in my opinion, I think, because I was very direct with them. I told them it was going to happen. I wasn't the guy that was like, hey, you know, if you die, Mary. No, 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 no. When you die. Unless you know some that I don't know, right? When you die, I don't know when we, I don't know when that is too. I don't play God, but when you die, these things are going to happen. So you better have it in place now, right? And when you can shoot someone straight and truly care for them and their family, they, they buy from you. You know what I mean? So um, once again, I said this earlier too, if the clients think they can, they can beat you on a, on a better price, because that's one of the reasons why they hold back. Um, one of the things you can do is like I said, Hey, I'll, let's just submit the application. So you're approved today. You'll pay a little bit more for it. If you, if you think you can beat it, I don't think you can. I've, I've been doing this for like six years, Mary. Um, and I've sat with over 10,000, you know, 10,000 families in, in, in that six year time frame. but let's do this. Let's just put this in place. And if you can't beat it, I'll come back out and cancel it myself. And then, you know, I'll actually find, I want to know who the other company is. So I can probably use that company to help my other clients that are in your same situation. How's that sound? And then I'm very passive but I'm trying to help them get through. And that's what I do. So um, we went a little bit longer than I expected. Sorry. But hopefully um, you found some value in this. And hopefully this helps you protect more families, literally, because this is the reason why we do it. Um, but if you have any questions, you know, feel free to drop it in the Q&A or, or, uh, or the chat because uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start answering questions now. So um, Caleb asked, if you show them a better product, do you usually tag on uh, tack on more coverage or cancel the existing. Caleb, it depends on the contestability period. So like if they've had that policy for like two years, dude, I'm not doing anything with that. And, and so for, for those of you that don't know what contestability means, contestability means that in the first two years, if someone died, the life insurance company has the right to not pay. If, if there was a discrepancy in the application. And my opinion, they'll probably go find one, right? So me, I don't touch those policies. If I sat down with a client and they had some, even if they had a bad policy, let's say they had a two-year graded policy and we're two and a half years in, why am I going to touch it? I'm not because it's fully effective now. Does that make sense? So what I'll go is I'll look at the policy they have and if they don't have enough, which 99% of the times they don't. I go, perfect. What we'll do is we'll just tack on more. Hey, at the time when you bought this policy two years ago, funeral and burials were like 12 grand. I just buried my mom. I was 27. So I think you could get a little bit more. You probably add on another five or 10. How do you feel about that? And I just sit there and wait. She goes, I think that'd be a good idea, Steve. Okay, cool. Write another app, which is what I do, right? Um, what carrier has the most reduced contestability period? No one. They're all two years. Um, every single one of them. Every single one of them. Um, how do you feel about middle-aged clients saying they have a six-figure quarter million dollar whole life policy? Pull the policy out. If they have one, great. If they don't, cool. Put them in whatever. You got to remember, this is for final expense. Most, most clients in final expense can't even fathom 250000 Does that make sense? So, um, yeah, I'm trying to find the next question, so I'm sorry. Um, uh, Products, yep. 
I can't talk about the religions, man. I, I just can't. You got to you gotta Google those, Jesse. Um, but they're all out there. There's a few of them out there that it's mandatory for them to not get cremated. So um, when can we see this video? It, it will be up on YouTube probably around noon today, noon Pacific. So um, does anybody have any other questions? It, it looks like it looks like you guys don't. Um, yeah. So Myra said, this is true. They will contest it. My client passed away 11 weeks um, after I wrote his final expense policy. He went through contestability and it paid out three months later. Everything went well. Yeah. And that's the reason why you don't want to you don't want to, to, to have that. Pamela, Pamela asked if veterans are 100% disabled, will all costs be covered? Just asking in case this happens. I will go on that VA website and look. I, they change the answers to those questions frequently. And, and that, that answer is not true. The other thing too is a lot of, um, from what I've seen when I ran final expense, a lot of veterans like to hang out with other veterans and the misinformation that is spread is so bad that like, unless you pull out an actual document that says that they have that, I wouldn't believe them, you know, and, and it's, and I'm not saying they don't deserve it. They, they, of all groups, they deserve it the most, my opinion. Um, but there, there is a lot of misinformation that's being spread. And so for me, I rather get the facts and I can get them on the phone with the VA and go, Hey, you know, this is my client, you know, what is, what does it look like for his burial? I want them to hear the answer directly from them. That's the, the reason why I do it that way. So, um, Jesse said, I have enough money in the bank. I don't see enough value. That's awesome. That's actually, you know what? That's, that's why Jesse Hanlett is a hall of fame producer. Um, great question. Number one, life insurance, you don't spend a dollar to leave a dollar. So for example, if I wanted to, you know, if I have enough money in the bank and I don't see value, that means you probably have 25 G's in the bank to bury yourself. Right, Jesse? Well, if that's the case, what happens is you would have to spend 25 to leave 25. See, when my mom passed away, I didn't spend 25 to leave 25. I spent like two to three grand. The insurance companies come and check for 23 grand. So like, if you don't see any value in that, I can't fix stupid, but you don't, you don't pay a dollar for a dollar in life insurance. That's just my opinion. So, um, oh, the other thing, last thing, I forgot to talk about this. For your clients that go, I'm going to donate my body to science. You ever heard of that one? Yeah. This is what I say to them. What if science doesn't want your body because there's nothing interesting about you to study? I'm just saying, right? Not everybody that donates their body gets to actually donate their body, right? There's a lot of people that don't want their body. So um, cool. Next question. Selling to older folks have been really challenging for me, especially from ages 70 and up. One of the things I'll tell you is this. When you sell to senior folks, slow down. A lot of agents, in my opinion, talk at seniors. Hey, Bob, you fill this out. And you talk to them like they're a child. You got to remember, they got more years than, than, than we do. You know what I mean? I like to slow things down. Um, I like to reiterate things a few times so that they can agree and, and, and understand. Um, a lot of times what I believe, too, is seniors just want to talk because they're lonely. A lot, of, a lot of seniors fill out those final expense cards because they want you to come over just so they can have somebody to talk to, man. You don't believe me, go run some final expense appointments for a whole day. I guarantee you, you'll meet some interesting people and interesting in a good way. And a lot of times when you hear their stories, it's heartbreaking, right? Their kids haven't seen them in the last two years. They don't see them during Christmas or whatever it is. Dude, it hurts, man. 
And so like, if you don't do it right, they'll number one, talk your ear off. But if you do it right, you'll be able to control conversation. You know, you'll entertain them, but at the same time, you'll do what you need to do, which is put an insurance policy on them that, that if something were to happen, you know, they're taken care of. So, you know, for me, when you, when you deal with folks that are older, you got to remember they've been around the block, you know what I mean? So, um, they, they know, they know a lot more, even though it doesn't seem like they do because they might be senile or whatever it may be, but no, they, they do. They clearly know more, a lot, a lot more than all of us. Um, Christopher asked, I have a client who's a teacher. She's 63 or 73, I believe. And she says she's getting a policy 10 K through her union. <laughs> Christopher, whoever you work with, you need to ask about that union insurance. Cause that carrier, I can tell you exactly who that insurance company is. Um, I can't say it on this call, but yeah. I can't be deprived. It's my job to put her in the best situation. Not necessarily because that company does sell something like that, but I will tell you for a fact that is not enough. Yeah. Brandon Kitchen said, we know who that is. <laughs> it, it's not enough. And, and matter of fact, when you rip that policy apart, it, it's, it's not what it is. So you, you definitely need to look at that policy. Um, that's, that's the best thing I can tell you, Christopher, publicly, at least. Um, all right. So cool. Hey, I appreciate every single one of you guys. If there's anything that I can do, um, please reach out. Uh, please reach out to your managers as well. And because at the end of the day, you know, Sean says this all the time. It is not about us. It's about the clients that we serve. And if we can do that and serve more people, we help more people like we're, we're just doing what's right. So I appreciate every single one of you guys. Thank you so much for hopping on and uh, you have a wonderful day.